Welcome back to episode 4 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler free, where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Megalobox, released in 2018 by Studio TMS and 3X Cube. It has 13 episodes and comes in both a sub and a dub, and I watched it in dub. So how I initially discovered this series is that I am a huge fan of MMA and combat sports in general. So my boy Kaylee Kale was like, hey man, you should really check out Megalobox. And I had seen an ad for Megalobox on Crunchyroll. It was just a little snippet. And I didn't really think it was for me, but he was like, nah man, trust me, it's an awesome show. You need to watch it. So Megalobox is a combination of every boxing movie turned into an anime and it works so much better than it should. It follows an underground fighter named Junk Dog who takes dives and fights to make money from the mafia. But these aren't just regular fights in megaloboxing. The athletes actually wear enhancements over their shoulders and arms known as gear. And after a chance encounter with the best megaloboxer, Yuri, Junk Dog decides to stop throwing fights and make a real run in the sport to face Yuri in a tournament called Megalonia. But to enter Megalonia, a person must be registered with a citizen's ID, so Junk Dog has one forged and takes on the name of Joe. In order to rise in the ranks and qualify for Megalonia, Joe's boxing coach Nambu suggests he garner attention by fighting without gear, thus giving him the name Gearless Joe. So Joe's just your typical poor guy on the wrong side of the tracks who could really be someone if they tried. He doesn't really seem to care about money, it's more just a necessity of living for him, and he doesn't really get caught up in the notoriety of fighting on the big stage. He's basic in the fact that he just wants to beat the best. As for Joe's physique, he doesn't have the typical build of a boxer. He's not a twig by any means, but he's kind of more tall and very lean. Watching the Joe Rogan experience and other programs talking about the best body type for a fighter, like the current UFC middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya, he always talks about how people think you need to have a muscle jacked up body to be a fighter, but he wanted to prove that, you know, like the skinny guys can whoop some ass too. And now he's champion of the world. So being longer like Joe is very advantageous. He can use his range and keep distance from his opponents. But as we see throughout this series, he doesn't always fight the smart fight, which actually leads to my biggest problem with this series, is that Joe hits the deck in damn near every fight he enters. Like, yes, it shows his durability in his heart, but that like moment of, oh man, is he going to get up? It should have been saved for the final fight. By the end, we've seen him drop so many times that it's just like, well, of course he's going to get up. He always gets up. Nambu is our degenerate gambler and head trainer. He's the one who kind of pushes Joe in the beginning to be throwing fights. He's in deep debt with criminals and he even goes as far as losing his eyesight to pay back his debt. Everyone does a great job in the English dub, but the star of the show is Jason Marnocha, who actually does the voice of Nambu. And this man sounds like an old school boxing coach. He has that slight gruff to his voice and I could listen to him say Joe all day. Satra is a street kid who's good with mechanics. He kind of becomes the water towel boy for Joe. He plays like the voice of reason between Joe and Nambu, but most of the time he's just crying and annoying. His two good moments in the series was listening to the noise of the gear of the security guard at the pawn shop to determine what punch he was going to throw. And the other is when he hands Yuri a water bottle in the final fight and he's like, this isn't charity. I just don't want you to have any excuses when Joe whoops your ass. I thought that was really funny. Then we come to Yuri, who's not even really a villain. He's just an obstacle to overcome, a goal to reach. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And what makes him different is everyone else's gear is removable. 
But for him, it's shown like when he takes it off for the final fight, it was almost melted into his skin. Like it was really a part of him. And if that doesn't show dedication, I don't know what does. But my man Yuri needs a new hairstyle. He looks like the bass player in an early 2000s British pop rock band. The shit is not fly. The music in this show can sometimes be missed, especially during like the fights. The visuals were so stunning that you can kind of like zone out when you're watching them. But this show has some of the most badass tracks I've heard in anime. And if you're not paying attention like me on my initial watch through, you might not hear it. But going back, like it's like futuristic motivational music and also some really cool rap. As for the fight scenes, it's no surprise. The fighting in an anime about boxing, it was out of this world. The visuals were gorgeous. The fights were awesome. Not just the creativity of the gear, but the ring design, how it lights up during a knockdown. And having the automated 10 count. Sometimes refs can be too slow or too fast, so doing it this way just removes human error. And even in between the fights, we see Joe training to keep his guard up. His fight against Shark Boy, he relies on footwork. Nabu drills new combinations with him in between the fights. Distributing your weight on even feet so you're not front leg heavy. I mean, just all that stuff was really, really good. Some highlights would be like Joe versus Aragaki. The camera does this full rotation of the ring, showing the fight through the ropes. While Joe and Aragaki are just landing shot after shot on each other. That was a really slick sequence. I mean the sound effects, the blood spray, the different combinations. The series did a great job in like showing boxing and the way it's shown in movies. You know where they get punched and their head goes dramatically all the way back. And the blood comes out of their mouth. Or where they're shadow boxing and the beads of sweat are just dropping off them. Another fight highlight was Joe versus Shirato. When Joe let his guard down completely and the AI just didn't know. What to do, it had no answer for someone with their hands down. That was really cool. While the fights were really well done, the animation in this series does have highs and lows. Like some of the highs, Yuri and Joe when they square up during their first meeting and the raindrops stop, that was absolutely beautiful. But then you have plenty of moments like in all anime where they pull back the camera and it's just a wide shot and there's no detail that goes into the scene. I mean sometimes Joe was drawn really clunky in those and it was very noticeable. I thought it would be fun just to mention some of the tropes, like boxing movie tropes that this anime incorporated. You know, we have our underdog who rises against all obstacles and adversity to become the champion. We have the boxing coach who's in deep debt with the mob and doesn't really believe in the fighter. But then in the end, he puts all his chips on him because he does believe in him. And then you have Rocky. Oh, I mean, Joe training under the bridge with worn out equipment. He got the busted heavy bag, pulling tires. And then you have Ivan Drago, I mean Yuri, who trains at the top-notch facility with all the newest tech, all the best equipment that money can buy. We even have Joe face his trainer's old pupil that the trainer failed, and then the trainer has guilt about it and wants to do better for his new fighter. And in the final fight, and they also do it in the fight of Joe versus Aragaki, where they're both throwing a blow but it stops and just does the still shot like Rocky and Apollo at the end of the third Rocky movie. All these were just kind of fun tropes that pulled you right into boxing movies that you've seen your whole life. Now it's time to get in some nitpicks. And I actually had quite a few nitpicks for this series. But nitpicks are just little things that I find more fun to talk about than anything. It doesn't really take away from the series for me. So for a series about mechanical boxing, it's actually fairly realistic. Except there's a couple scenes where like, for example, the first underground fight we see with Joe. He goes to land that uppercut that stops as the round is ending. But when he goes down, his glove is almost damn near scraping across the canvas, which it looks cool. It has a dramatic effect, but it's just, it's physically impossible to do that. So it just looked really weird. 
Another one would be Joe wearing an earpiece in some of the fights. Like while you're bobbing and weaving, no matter how good you are, a hook can slip through and you can get clipped in the ear. That 2004 hands-free Bluetooth device he has in his ear at worst would rupture his eardrum and at best would just really freaking hurt. So I just thought that was really dumb that they had that in there. We spend an entire episode with the goal of getting gear from the pawn shop. Like Nambu was drooling all over it, talking about how great it was. But then when Joe finally gets it, after the first combination, the thing falls apart. Like it literally breaks into pieces. It was all hyped up and then it's just freaking garbage. And I understand here that I'm kind of applying real world rules to anime, but after the Aragaki fight, like Joe's pissing blood and he's bruised all over, there would be some sort of athletic commission that would put him on at least like three months suspension. I mean, the show already has fights happening in an already unrealistic close time span, but there's no way Joe would be allowed to fight a couple weeks later after a beating like that. And we know that these matches are regulated. As mentioned earlier, it's the IMA Megalobox regulations. So there would be someone there to be like, hey, this guy's not physically able to fight. He wouldn't pass medicals. The last thing I wanted to mention for this, it is not an original thought. I actually saw this online while I was brushing up for this review. But someone had this theory that gear is a metaphor for steroids. And that Megalobox had this subplot of like performance enhancing drugs and sports. And Gearless Joe is the only clean fighter and is always at a disadvantage. I thought that was a really cool speculation, so I just wanted to mention it. If that was actually an intended underlying commentary by the writers, I think that's really cool. Alright, final thoughts. Megalobox is a phenomenal series. You don't have to be a fan of boxing to enjoy it. It has a great main character that you can really get behind. The soundtrack and visuals, especially during the fights, were spectacular. I would highly recommend watching Megalobox if you haven't already. And I hear there may be a second season in the works, so fingers crossed for that. Alright, thank you for joining us in this episode. Hope to see you next week. Bye.